And going through something like that with um, someone who's close to you and probably particularly a child really makes you stop and think about what's important and the pressure that we put on ourselves. Hi everyone and welcome back to Capital in Conversation, AMP Capital's internal podcast helping you get to know the people behind the job titles. My name is India Roberts-Smiley and I'm an Employee Experience Communications Consultant. On this week's episode, I sat down with Kylie O'Connor, AMP Capital's Head of Real Estate. We covered everything from her career so far and what excites her about the new role, her family and their relationship with mental health, what people might misunderstand about her, and the one piece of advice she would give to her younger self. Here's Kylie. Well, Kylie, hello. Thank you very, very much for joining me on the podcast on this drizzly, uh, drizzly day. I will start with the very first question, which is, are you a coffee or a tea drinker and how do you have it? I am both. So I have a pot of tea every morning just with milk and then I have one coffee a day. Uh, and I normally have a strong latte or a long black. And recently I did a juice cleanse, which I would not recommend to anyone. It was terrible. And I had three days with no caffeine, which was really bad. Uh, And I am happily back on my one coffee a day now. So was it just juice, no food for three days or you just no caffeine? You just drank lots of juice? It was just juice, no food. I did have a bowl of steamed vegetables at the end of day two. Wow. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. Don't do it. That is impressive and I won't ever try it. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit about your childhood. Whereabouts did you grow up? Well, I was born in Canberra and I moved around a little bit. My dad was a builder. And so when I was in primary school, we moved up to just outside of Penrith and we had some horses on uh, a property out near there. And my dad was a builder at the time for civil and civic and he worked on Nepean and Liverpool Hospital. So we ended up staying there for quite a while. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney, uh, <laughs> proud Westie, support the <laughs> Panthers, um, and, yeah, stayed there for most of my, um, all of my schooling, and then moved to the Hills District later on, where I was um, doing university, and now live a far cry from the western suburbs on the north shore of Sydney in Roseville. Awesome. And what did you want to be when you grew up? What were you interested in as a kid? I went through a few phases. For a while, I wanted to be a ballet dancer, which was really never going to happen. And then I went through, you know, the whole medical vet was on my list for a while. I'm a bit of an animal lover and, um, and I really love medical things and I still do. I love watching medical shows and, and that sort of stuff, but didn't probably really study hard enough or apply myself to get into medicine. And so mm-hmm. when I left school, I didn't really have a firm view on what I wanted to be, but I really I really liked, I worked in the local real estate agent for a while and I really liked, you know, dealing with people and that sort of business element of things. And so I ended up just doing a commerce degree and, um, and majored in property economics and, 
and landed uh, a graduate gig out of university um, at Arthur Anderson, an accounting firm. So, yeah, I never, I wasn't one of these people that had a fixed idea on this is my career and what I want to do um, when I when I grew up. But I think I sort of was always going to land in that you know business e-commerce type area, I guess. Okay. And so you've always worked around Sydney. Where was where were you working before AMP Capital? I was at Lendlease for mm-hmm. 13 years. So and that was fantastic. I had a great time. I I um I came to Lendlease after I finished my graduate program. So I left uni, went on a graduate program with Arthur Anderson. That remember it was a great company um, back in the day and an, an awesome graduate program, but it actually went into administration under a bit of a scandal um, back in the day. And so at the, around about that time, I got approached to come and join Lendlease uh, when GPT was part of Lendlease. And I so it was my first sort of real job after being a graduate uh, for a couple of years at Arthur Anderson. Went to Lendlease, spent 13 years there, came and went on maternity leave three times. And so I really felt that I grew up at, a bit at Lendlease. And and every time I came back, you know, stepped into a more senior position and had a, a fantastic time there. Um, and then joined AMP Capital about five and a half years ago. Okay. So your current role is head of real estate. For someone like myself who's not, um, who doesn't work within real estate, not super close, can you describe, I suppose, what what you're responsible for really in your current role and maybe what does um, a typical day look like for you? Okay, so my current role, really what I'm responsible for, I guess, is the, the platform of assets that we manage on behalf of our investors is a simple way of putting it. So we have a, a team of over 600 people. It's, a, it's quite a big business. And we look after shopping centres, office buildings, logistics assets for and on behalf of a whole range of different investors. And they invest with us via either funds, so pooled funds, and it's typically, you know, that's superannuation companies and, and funds and things like that. Um, invest their money into these funds and then we buy real estate assets for them and look after them, manage them, we develop them, we do everything, lease them um, and and run them. And we also do that on behalf of what you'd call mum and dad investors in our retail funds. So we have two retail funds and 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 that's where people put money in and, and do the same thing. So uh, and then we have about just under half of our business is on behalf of investors who invest in us and we'll go and do a specific mandate for them. So they might just want to, it's a single investor and they just want to invest in retail shopping centres, for example. And so we'll, we source the product for them, we buy it and we do everything end-to-end management from the daily property management to development management. So I run that business. It's it's really very diverse and super exciting uh, always something going on. There's always something happening, particularly in shopping centres. <laughs> it's a um, place to be. So that that's the business. A typical day is really difficult to to answer, especially now with everything that we've got going on. But I guess yeah. you know, first and foremost, my my role as head of real estate look after our people in in the business. Um, we've got an amazing team of people who are super dedicated to what they do. 
uh, and also look after and, and spend a lot of time with investors and, and trying to understand what they want, what we're doing well, how we can improve, sourcing opportunities for them, looking for new types of capital. So a typical day will involve lots of meetings with internal teams, um, investor calls, presenting to boards and investment committees, uh, that type of thing. And, you know, prior to COVID was also quite a lot of travel to meet with our clients and, and uh, look for opportunities for them as well. Mm-hmm. So before um, this current role, you were COO of real estate. What has been the biggest change from that position to now being the head of real estate? I think it is. So I worked really closely with Carmel, our former CEO of real estate, Um and so I sort of figured I kind of knew most most things and um, and how the business works. But I think the biggest change is just having that full visibility over the entire business. And you know, we do it is such a broad business, and and we do things that um, you know to the normal observer, I guess, or someone working in a certain part of our business, like at one of the assets or even in one of the funds probably don't have a full understanding of, of the breadth of what we do across the whole business. But that has been um, maybe not so much as a, as a surprise, but it was a bit eye-opening. Um, and I guess the second thing is, you know, the responsibility that the decision-making stops with me. I mean, that's the role, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it does take you a while to really for that to really sink in and, and you know, it's a big responsibility to think that you've, you've got that on your shoulders uh, for 600 plus people and uh, investors as well. So that was probably the biggest sort of awakening. I haven't had a lot of time to think about it, to be honest, <laughs> because I started this role at the beginning of August uh, and it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but amazing experience. I have really enjoyed most of the time. Um, but I guess that's probably the main thing is it's just it's a big role and it's to be expected. But it's um, it is if you think about it too much, it can be a little daunting. <laughs> Absolutely. And hit the ground running since August, I can yeah. imagine. So, yeah, I can imagine it's a really high pressure role. And you said before three maternity leaves. So I'm guessing you've got three children. Do. What do you do in your personal time to de-stress, to take your mind off work? There's not a lot of that at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do exercise a lot. I um I I exercise most mornings. I to really de-stress, I guess it's probably a combination of doing that and and spending time with my children. I've got three boys. They are in year six, year eight, and year ten. So they're pretty busy. They're really sporty as well. They're involved in lots of stuff. Um, and, you know, it is the definition of de-stressing, spending time with them because they're in a totally different world. It's really all that matters, you know, when you spend time with your children and, and get immersed in what they're doing and actually be really present. So that's what I try to, to do is to spend time with, with them and my husband, Adrian. Um, and then I think exercise is really a big de-stress um, outlet for me, definitely. What kind of exercise do you like to do or just all kinds? Uh, no, I'm a runner. I run a fair bit. So I run awesome. a couple of times a week. I'll generally have something that I'm training for, a, a marathon or a half marathon. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> not realize that kind of run up very yeah, impressive yeah yeah, yeah. So awesome. I do that a couple of days a week and then I'm a little bit obsessed with CrossFit as well so the other mornings mm-hmm. I do CrossFit in the mornings um which I love because it's totally different to running it's you know there's always something to learn or to master um and it's yeah it's just a nice combination Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it was Mental Health Month last month in October, but I think we can still touch on it ever so briefly. Um, it makes me wonder what has your relationship been like with mental health throughout your life, and have you sort of gone through periods of stress, um, or how do you manage periods of stress in in a high pressure career and having a family? Yeah, it's a good question. I personally, I haven't dealt with any, I guess, mental health issues myself personally um apart from the usual you know everyone goes through periods of ups and downs i'm certainly feeling that at the moment i have good days where i think i've totally got this and really bad days where i think i'm doing a terrible job and i should just you know pack it in and do something else um i i really do but i have one of my sons actually suffers um from anxiety like quite quite bad anxiety he's in in year eight and he always has for you know well at least for the last few years and for him it's driven by things like you know pressure of um of performing really well it's quite a high achiever it's very academic so it's a, a lot about the pressure that he puts on himself and you know achieving good marks at school and you know even little things like not being late and and you know anxiety around missing the bus and and what's going to happen and or getting in trouble at school and that type of thing and going through something like that with um someone who's close to you and probably particularly a child really makes you stop and think about what's important and the pressure that we put on ourselves because you know, for him, I know this, it is all in his mind, the, the pressure. It's We clearly don't care if he fails his maths test or he's late for school or whatever, and you can say that to him as much as you want, but it's in his mind, he puts his pressure on himself. So that's been really trying for, for us, um, but also an amazing thing to sort of go through and think about how that applies to you. So, and a lot of it is in your mind and it's, it's your it's your outlook. And someone said to me during this period that uh, happiness and a positive attitude is a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's all it comes down to really is just, you know, you can't control a lot of things in your life, but you can control how you react to them. Mm-hmm. So, look, that's my sort of the way I think about things, especially when I'm having one of those days is I can choose to let this bring me down or I can choose to just take it on and wake up tomorrow morning and have a good attitude about it. So, um it is a real issue and going through what we've been through with Charlie, it, it can't, you can't just sweep it under the, the carpet and say, oh, you'll be right, what are you worried about type thing? You really have to work at it. Um, but it's super rewarding as well. And, and as we've sort of said to him and had professional advice to him is that, you know, often people who have that high anxiety, for example, um, are really high achievers. And there's actually good that comes out of that. It makes you get up and, and go the little bit extra or, or or um, motivates you to to do something um, but you need to recognize when it's out of sync and and mm-hmm. do something about it so yes I think like a lot of people I've had first-hand experience with mental health issues mm. as you said I think it is so much more common than we think um, and particularly in children and adolescents you said that Charlie's been sort of dealing with this since he was younger 
would you have any advice for other parents who are um, dealing or not dealing with, but have children who have not necessarily anxiety, but just mental health um, issues in general? Would you have any sort of advice for them or insights? Yeah, I think uh, seek out some help. And even mm-hmm. if it's just, I mean, there's so many resources available. There's lots of great podcasts and things like that but we started with the school counsellor when he was in primary school and they're amazing there's just some amazing people out there that do this type of stuff for a living and are, you know very passionate about it and very caring so and they can give you all sort access to all sorts of resources that you didn't otherwise know about which was our case so even just little you know little podcasts or apps or something like that that can be really helpful um and you know as much as you think that well, I can deal with it and I can tell him what to do or I know I know it's okay, um, it's, it's often more complex than that. So I would say my advice would be try to look for some help in whatever form, even as simple as the school counsellor, uh, because it can really make a difference. And it just gives you the tools to be able to deal with it, particularly if you haven't experienced it yourself. It's quite hard to understand. Um. So you said you like running, you like spending time with your family. Uh, my next question is what is something you're passionate out, about, sorry, outside of work? Um, or maybe what would your ideal Sunday entail? What would your sort of the best Sunday you could possibly imagine? What would that look like? Okay. So this is a good question because during not all, but but some school holidays, we will generally have all five of us will have a day where you get to choose the activities for the day and everyone has to do it. So it's your ideal day. Mm-hmm. And so my kids all groan when it comes to my day because my day would be getting up early and going for a run. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, maybe a 10 or 15K run in the national park or something like that. And then coming home and having a shower and going out for a really nice breakfast, maybe by the beach uh, with our dog, all five of us together, um, you know, having playing a bit of footy on the beach, something like that, uh, afternoon nap, and then maybe out for uh, drinks, early drinks somewhere with my husband and family dinner at home. That would be a great Sunday. That sounds like heaven, bit of everything, <laughs> except maybe the 10-kilometre run. I might <laughs> let you do that. Um, okay, I've got some last questions for you. What advice would you give to your younger self? Okay, so I think it would probably be two things. One is, and I, I think I probably did follow this, but the the first one would be, Always put your hand up for stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, just think that the opportunities aren't always going to present themselves to you. So I think that in my career anyway, that has been a good piece of advice for me to, you know, always put your hand up, put yourself out there, take opportunities when they're given to you. That would be um, the first one. And the second one would be that you know, probably to to back yourself always, but listen to others. And I think that, you know, there, there's never, I haven't met anyone who is right 100% of the time. And this is where the whole argument around diversity comes into it, because people have different backgrounds, different experience, different points of view. And 
you know, the more and more I sort of progress in my career, I can see that that good decision making is really about getting a whole lot of ideas. And so, but often we don't listen to people. We, people feel like they need to talk and, you know, I know whatever the subject is, but um, I think listening to people, really understanding what they're saying, taking it into consideration and then backing yourself with, with your view is a good piece of advice. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Um, what is something that you think people might misunderstand about you? Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, there's probably a few things. And I've done a few of those, you know, 360 degree things that you get mm -hmm. people to to um, answer questions about you. One of the ones that was really surprising to me that came back was that I was, I can't remember the word, but I was like aloof or something like that, a bit, you know, um, aloof. And I think the, that it maybe comes out as I, I'm super, like I always really be prepared for something. I'm a bit of a, I think the whole anxiety discussion that we had before possibly comes from me. I'm a bit of a, I'm going to be totally prepared for stuff and, mm -hmm. and I have a fairly high expectation of, of myself. And maybe that doesn't, always come across as um, a good quality and so I, I hope that this isn't the case so I think maybe sometimes people think it look at me and think mm, she's a little bit cold or or something like that um, aloof maybe the word but I try to sort of maintain a, a pretty calm exterior um, and have a, a fairly high bar for myself um, but I don't necessarily expect that of others so maybe that that's something that people sort of look at me who don't really know me very well and, and think but don't really understand, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny, those 360 um, surveys and all those exercises are so good for things like that, for self-reflection, oh. and it's actually take a step back like, oh, that's maybe really? how I perceive. Yeah, it's fascinating <laughs> and scary sometimes. That's scary, yeah. Um, my second last question is, what is your um, your proudest career moment to date? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I think that coming over to AMP Capital five and a half years ago was and getting through that first sort of 12 to 18 months, if I look back, is probably my my the one that I'm most proud of because when I came from, I've been at Lendlease for that long period of time, as I said, I came across into the role um, at, when I first came to AMP Capital, which was running ADPF. And back then it was a $4 billion fund. And it was a really big step for me to come into that role. I'd run funds before, but they were quite small mandates, et cetera. And so, and I came in at a time that that fund wasn't in a great position. Investors didn't love us. And so it was a it was a big jump in the deep end for me. And there were times during that period where I was like six months in, and I was thinking, I'm I'm not sure that I'm up for this. I'm you know I'm I don't have the experience or whatever. I really doubted myself. And there's a few people who are still here who I spoke to about it back then who said, don't be stupid. You need to, including my husband actually at the time that said, you need to really give yourself some time to can't expect it to be all rosy on day one. Um, and so I did stick with it, obviously, and but it took a long time, it took much longer than I expected, probably 12 or 18 months to really feel comfortable and confident that I was meant to be in that role. And so I think getting through that was 
a really mm -hmm. big achievement. And I look back on that now and think that was really hard, but I got through it, had lots of good support. So yeah, probably, I, I'm probably most proud of that. I love that because sometimes the moments that are not outwardly the most, the hugest accomplishments, but they yeah. can be the biggest accomplishments for your own sort of self-confidence yeah. and that yeah. kind of thing. So exactly, you yeah. made it through that period, you can kind of do whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, this last question is related to sort of life and work, but sort of all all encompassing. What does success look like to you? <laughs> success for me looks like a challenging career challenging work life I want to come to work and be challenged but not have it consume everything and that's a real balance that can change from time to time but I think success is for me a, a challenging career happy and settled children and a life filled with great friends and family and um, you know nice time to spend with my husband and um and actually enjoy life and <laughs> rather than sort of just live it i guess is what we all aspire to but for me personally it's, it's just a mixture of all of those things having time enough time to spend with my husband and, and children and exercise and do all of that while having a, a you know enjoyable but challenging career I love it. It's so true. I think in this day and age, it's so easy for us just to get by living without actually taking the moment to realize we need to be enjoying life and not just yeah. living day to day. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up there, Kylie. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. That was such a nice conversation and I really loved hearing about your family and just getting to know you a little bit better. So thank you. Um, and I will wrap it there. I'm sure I'll bump into you uh, to the office sometime yeah. soon. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. We need to get more people back into the office and, and have lots of these nice conversations with each other. Exactly. Thanks, Lydia. No worries. See you later, Kylie. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Capital in Conversation. Keep an eye out on the Capital in Conversation workplace page for more episodes, including my next conversation with Alastair Rue, which will be released next week. If you have any suggestions of who you might like to hear from, leave a comment on the page and we'll make it happen soon.